Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. The United States is 5% of the world's population and 25% of the world's prison population. Well, the truth is that most of them are going to be released. Okay. At some point in time, they will be released back into society. Mm -hmm. So the question is, who do you want them to be? It would really make sense if we could start a technology incubator inside prison. I said no way. She said no effing way. A prison program called The Last Mile is changing lives through technology, returning inmates to society. Hey, 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 let's, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Who said no effing way? <laughs> I, you know, hey, guys, I, if my audience knows, <laughs> I've got a swear jar. Now, I'm going to make, y'all got to get it. I got a swear jar. <laughs> And, and and so I had all these little old ladies call the Madison show. Oh, Mr. Madison, you just can't cuss like that. I mean, no, he said, you can't swear like that. And then who was it? George Wallace said, Joe, you got to change that swear jar to a cuss jar because black folk cuss. They don't swear. <laughs> and and uh, but I, I put a dollar in every time I cuss, I put a dollar in it and then I donate it. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to donate whatever the amount is. Uh-huh. To the uh, last mile, <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, Chris Redzik, and uh, uh, is is that okay for with you? Yeah, it's fine with me. You Joe. don't mind the cuss money? You know, we'll. We, <laughs> it's a fine line. We'll 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 take the donation. And we'll stay. We'll stay the. We'll stay the fine line there. But we we'll take the donation. All right. Well, I got one minister. Most of the money comes from ministers who say I can't cuss, uh, and you're my surrogate cusser. And one minister said, "I just tell the people you're speaking in tongues." And so, <laughs> and, but the, you know, first of all, let me. Welcome, uh, Chris uh, Redlitz. Make sure I'm pronouncing that cor- correctly. And um, your partner uh, here with me is Eric. Yes. Uh, uh, is it Abercrombie? Abercrombie. 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 Yes, yes. But I love the handle. Ma- Maserati. <laughs> Maserati. I love the handle. Absolutely. Thank you. Maserati E. Absolutely. Ma- Maserati E. Um, Look, uh, here's the deal. When, and, and matter of fact, release just came out, hot off the press. Sirius XM launches a powerful new show about justice system reform and paving the road to success for the formerly incarcerated. And uh, it's, um, it's hosted by uh, Chris and Maserati E. Now, you know, Chris, I'm going to start with you, if you don't mind. I was reading... Sure. Uh, something where you said one of the things we have got to learn to do is change the language when we start, when we refer to people who are ex-offenders, etc. Would you explain to why that's important? Yeah, I think it's really important that we think about how we bring humanity into this environment Uh, So as we look at those that participate, we look at them as folks that are really motivated to create a better life after they serve their time. Uh, So we they are students within our classrooms and we'll talk about what we do, the residents inside. And we really talk about those that are coming out as justice involved, um, you know, which is a much broader term. But we're really trying to bring a human aspect to this situation 
and uh, language is a starting point for that and how we refer to those that have been involved in the system. And 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 give 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 us an example of what you would the change you would like to see, particularly in language. Yeah, I think there's you know there's a common terms like ex felon, ex con, uh, those type of things. We really want that to be something that's not stigmatizing people. So the 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 fact that people have been involved in the criminal justice system, um, that that they've been exposed. Uh, to that, and in many cases, unfairly, um, we want to look at how we can sort of, you know, review that and and sort of almost recategorize that in a sense, again, of bringing more of a human aspect to how we approach the situation, because it's a big situation in our country. We're the most incarcerated country in the world. Yeah, Sway mentioned that in the opening, right? Yeah. And we have, you know, a high, high recidivism rate. So these are situations that we address. But if you come out of prison and you continue to carry a stigma that prevents you from getting jobs or housing, uh, this is really unfair. And that's this is part of what not only are we educating people in our program to be successful, but we also want to bring that human aspect back to those who have served time. Talk to us about that, uh, Maserati E. Uh, it, it, what is the most difficult uh, thing that people go through who have uh, uh, been formerly incarcerated and now they're out? Because, like, like we, like Slay said, these look, and other people said, people are going to be released. They, they, they are. They, they're going to get out. And they, and I've had every time I, I bring this up. I remember, was it not? We were in Charlotte, and we did a show. And uh, it was audience, maybe about 200 people. And I asked how many, I asked how many folk here have a relative that's in prison. Everybody raised their hand. Hmm. That was South Carolina. Yeah, South Carolina. Everybody yeah, raised. Deep. Everybody raised their hand. Every every person in that room raised their hand. That's deep. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. Plural. Pluralistic ignorance definitely is a real thing. It's something that needs to be discussed more, you know, our attachments to our people that's incarcerated. And also 90% of people incarcerated, 90% is coming home. Um, And one of the struggles um, that I noticed that people face very frequently is a support system. Um, I was fortunate enough in my own personal experience to have a very strong support system. So I didn't face a lot of the struggles that a bunch of other people face, such as finding housing, finding employment, um, as well as, again, just a very healthy support system. Um, So now we're pushing forward, creating these pipelines, creating these support systems and trying to get the word out. Like how you said, we're doing something about it. We got to do something about it. Something you know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's definitely the mission. That's definitely the goal. But just to highlight some of the struggles, um, again, finding employment, finding jobs, finding fair chance hiring. Um, that's something that's becoming a little bit more ad- arduous. However, we're definitely moving in a much more progressive direction and doing things like we're doing now is going to open up these doors. Hey, Eric, why did you choose or why did you choose technology as the approach? So for myself, uh, technology actually wasn't the direct approach for myself. Um, I, I wasn't a, a participant of the last mile while I was a citizen, while I was a, um, while I was incarcerated, excuse me. Um, but I always was closely um, 
in proximity. I was always in close proximity. A bunch of my friends went through the program and everything like that. And I was able to see the impacts that it had in their lives and mm-hmm. how it ultimately changed the trajectory of their lives because it instilled a lot of value and, and made like a lot of my brothers that I've seen go through the program really understand how powerful they were and what they were capable of. Uh, ultimately instilling a new sense of confidence, like I said, and it just completely changed the trajectory of their walk. So I definitely was hugely impacted and inspired even from a distance you know what i mean by the last mile by technology in general and 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 so let me ask chris about um choosing uh why did you choose this data technology education as the way to go well, getting back to your the opening uh, scene where we had the discussion about using poor language, when Beverly told me that she was not going to go inside, um, I think that's that's kind of a typical reaction. I think of most people that they look at prison as a as a you know a, a place that's unapproachable, and I I had the really extraordinary opportunity to go in in 2010 to speak to a group of men about business and entrepreneurship. I run a venture capital firm in San, in San Francisco area, and I was asked to come in to do that talk. What I saw that day was uh, sort of transformational for me because I expected the people that I talked to did not understand what I was talking to, did not be interested. Mm -hmm. And what I saw was completely different. I met guys who really wanted to create a better life after they served their time and they wanted to start businesses and they wanted to be successful. So we actually started the program in 2010 as an entrepreneurship program. And it evolved into the point where we saw that that was a great skill, but teaching technology and really hireable skills and teaching people to be software engineers and audio technicians and video editors, those are really hireable skills that have huge demand. Right. So we um, sort of pivoted and moved into that, and it's been extraordinarily successful. You know, we started in San Quentin. Now we have a tech center there with five classrooms. We're across seven states now in 26 classrooms teaching uh, software engineering skills, audio video technology skills, and we're hiring people in technology companies throughout the country. So it's really working. I think what it's also showed is there's a perceived ceiling inside prison of what's possible. And I think we've broken through that ceiling to say truly anything is possible. And early on, I would say to guys, you know, if you work really hard, you get a job in Silicon Valley and they say, you know, you're full of, I'm not <laughs> going to say that because it's on your list, yeah. but yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. But but they, but, they, but what I said is it them, that they don't believe you, or they've been programmed not to believe you, or or what? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of promises in prison. There's a lot of sort of false expectation in prison. So we have a sign in every classroom today. It says, "Believe in the process," and that came from that time when I said, "Guys, you need to believe." I say, "Guys, we're in men's and women's prisons today." And that sign is in every classroom. Believe in the process, do the hard work, and good things will happen. So what, uh, and, and either of you can uh, answer this and if you both want to take a shot at it. So what are the requirements uh, to be part of the program? Obviously, you, you, you just don't take anybody that uh, is inside. Well, um, there's a couple of things. One is good behavior is critical. So um, you, you, we, we, uh, discourage those that, you know, are um, going through the determining process of who's in, in the program, that if you have an infraction two years prior 
that that's probably not going to get you in the program. Um, so that is a critical part. The other part really is those that really want it. And there's not a education requirement yet. You know, basically it's a GED and that's it. Some of our best performing folks that have gotten out and gotten jobs have had zero formal education. So when we look at what we're, um, you know, what are the determining factors, it's really desire, it's good behavior, and it's also we, we try to take people that are three years to gate or three years from release. Okay. So they have preparation yeah. before they get out. The program is a year program. Uh, so, you know, they have enough time to, to go through the program. Many become TAs, teachers, assistants, and so forth. Um, but that's really the parameter. It's pretty simple. It comes down to desire and behavior. Um, uh, Maserati is uh, nodding its head. Anything you want to add, uh, uh, add to, to that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, I definitely agree with that as being the requirements for sure. But I just want to like really speak towards what those requirements do, um, how it's able to shape the mind frame. And again, completely altering the trajectory of a lot of the students that go through the courses, um, that level of determination, knowing um, how how kind of arduous it is, how arduous it is, how difficult it can be, you know, to remain that discipline and environment like a prison. You know what I mean? I've quite literally seen people go from being like screw ups, being in a way, you know what I mean? To getting it together to the point where they see the importance of themselves. They see the value that they hold and understand how important of an opportunity this is. Um, and they really stick to that. And it truly alters their walk and changes their walk, which impacts others, even people that's not uh, participants of the program or students or anything like that like it's so influential in so many different ways and impacting so many different people and and uh let me make sure i understand what we're ta- let me tell you by what <clears throat> what we're talking about the uh um uh, the uh um uh, what is this uh we um okay uh we we have the Sirius XM has launched a new show uh, yes. That is called the Last Mile Radio. Now, what we're talking about is preparing folks who are going to be out. They're going to come out, and these are correct me if I'm wrong. These are modern jobs. We're talking about um, a web development, software engineering, audio video production, and correct me if I'm wrong. But these are jobs that don't necessarily require college education, right? That's absolutely right. Yeah, I I think that's that's the big benefit here, especially software engineering. Anyone can be a great coder. It doesn't matter your background. You don't have to have a degree. There's no particular certification. It's just about being diligent, working hard, and being creative, and you can be a great software engineer. So that's why it makes it so great. And it's also, you know, in today's environment with, with remote work, you can work anywhere for tech companies. So we have people working all over the country, working for companies like Slack and Zoom and Dropbox and Uh, you know, companies like that, that people know, these are all brands that people know. And we have people that are working as senior software engineers, making six figure incomes coming out of prison. Really? Never had. Absolutely. Wow. Yep. And so that's, that's why, you know, there's, as, as he said, there's such a motivation because this is real. This is not just Chris standing up in front of class and said, guys, you're going to get a job. They are getting jobs. Yeah. So so, you know, and this is something that we can scale across the country. And it's something, the reason why we want to do this show is really, 
because we have a great partnership with SiriusXM, they've been a great partner for a long time. You know, we did a, a documentary series with Sway in 2017, yeah. and they have really taken our mission on. They've hired one of our graduates to be associate producer on our show. And so it's one of those things where we really believe that this partnership will allow us to have transparency and really show a lot of people throughout the world what's happening and open up you know, something that's been very opaque in the past and make it so that people understand they'll hear from people like E, who wasn't in our program, but he's a phenomenally talented musician. So he went a different track, but he's established himself really well in that. Um, so we want to be able to highlight those stories and also stories of change makers, people that are doing something outside who are having a significant change on criminal justice reform. And and by the way, uh, you mentioned Sway Calloway uh, and, uh, and a name I have not heard in quite a while. And that's M.C. Hammer, who, by the way, is on your board, <laughs> if I'm not if I'm correct. Right. That's right. Yep. Um, so it's interesting. Here's another sort of intersection of of what we're doing in technology. I knew Hammer long before we started The Last Mile because we were, he's very involved in the technology uh, community in Silicon Valley. So we knew each other before that. And when, you know, I talked to Beverly about starting this program, Beverly, my wife and co-founder now, um, he's one of the first calls I made. I said, are we crazy to do this? And if we do it, will you help? And, you know, it was more, no more than a few seconds. He said, I'm in. And so that's the kind of support that we have. He's a change maker. Sway's a change maker. These people, you know, that are getting involved are making a difference. Yeah. And, and uh, th this is one of the reasons I'm really proud to be associated with Sirius XM uh, because they, we got, we, look, we got a, a, an email. We got to make this happen. I want everybody <laughs> to, to do this. Everybody. And uh, on all your formats. And uh, I said, yeah, let's do it. Because every time we bring up issues related to incarceration, the lines just explode. Uh, and, and because family members, they want information. Uh, usually, they, like you said, they come from families where it's a struggle for those on the outside just trying to help people who are, uh, in, are incarcerated. Now, I do have to ask the question, why did you name it The Last Mile? Well, it's interesting because when you think about The Last Mile, The Last Mile in technology, The Last Mile in sports, it's one of the most difficult parts of the process. Um, it's making that connection between um, inside and outside, and that's really why we call it The Last Mile. So we look at our program, is the as I said, it's before people get out of prison. So it's that it's that last component that they really need to prepare. So that was really the generous genesis. I'm also an, an ex um, you know endurance athlete, ran many many marathons. That last mile of marathon is really tough. So um, we looked at this, and we also looked at it as a marathon for Beverly and for me and for the people involved. This is our life mission. You know, that serendipitous moment in 2010 has turned into a life mission for us. So this is truly a marathon. Um, that we plan to do this as long as we're here. And and uh, it, it, can people contribute? And, and I'm not just speaking of dollars and cents. Certainly, I, I, I hope that that's the case. But for companies that are listening, uh, digital companies, uh, data companies, you name it, uh, 
uh, uh, how can they participate? Absolutely. There's several ways we can do that. Um, first and foremost, I would definitely encourage you to go to our website. Um, we now have a website. Um, and hit the link, man. Hit the link. There are seven ways to connect with us. Um, you can connect with me personally. You can connect with Chris personally. It's a bunch of ways to do this for sure. Um, but I would encourage everybody to go hit up our website, thelastmileradio.org. Okay. And, and once again, all contributions, personal, otherwise, it's a 501c3? Yes. That's right. It's 51C3. We have a, actually, we have a, thelastmile.org is our parent site where you can donate. Thelastmileradio.org is our for a radio show. Um, but you can definitely go there, you know, um, and not only donate money, but, but it's, it's also critically important that companies are open to hiring. Yes. You know, and, and I yeah. think that's the key for us. Yeah. You know, funding is great and we continue to do that. And we've had, tremendous support from funding uh, partners, but it's really companies yeah. that as we have more and more people that are educated, we need companies to be receptive to hiring our graduates and those that have been justice involved. You, and, you know, as I was prepping uh, to do this uh, uh, interview as Sirius XM has launched uh, the new show, uh, you know, the, the last mile, and we'll talk about what people will uh, be hearing and and give you and give everybody the time and date. I my I got to tell you when I came over here, this is before it was Sirius XM, and I was talking to my producer, uh, my board op, my engineer here, Daryl Green. We were we worked at Radio One, and and XM was before Sirius, and they asked me to come over to uh, to XM. And I had an engineer, one of the sharpest engineers I had ever worked with in this business. And uh, they hired, XM hired both of us. And I got to tell you, uh, Maserati and, and, and Eric, he came over here, we got started, and they had to let him go, XM let him go, because he was an ex-offender. Or as you oh, say... Wow. Or as you say, you know the language at that time. Now, now that meant I had to go over and beg Daryl Green <laughs> to to, uh, to come over. Uh, but that, that, that I, I can relate to what you're doing. That attitude has changed. Thank God it has changed. Uh, and and so that's what you mean, do you not, when you say you gotta you need companies to just have a different attitude a different perspective and give these individuals men. And, oh, by the way, men and women, correct. An opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yes, that's what we're saying. You know, it, things have changed. We want them to change more obviously um, because the, the, the sense of loyalty and commitment that our graduates have toward companies is pretty extraordinary. So yeah, it's, that's definitely what we're saying that, that, you know, there should be opportunities for those. And we talk a lot about second chances, but when you think about a lot of folks, I mean, he's an example. He was incarcerated at 17 years old, right? So um, there's a lot of folks that have been through our program that were incarcerated as youth who came from backgrounds that were less desirable and never really had that first opportunity. Now we're providing that opportunity finally for those who yeah. have served. Yeah. And, I like, I like, you know, and we also... Yeah. Go ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was saying, I was saying like as well, 
you know, part of what we're trying to do with the show is give perspectives. You know, E and I are generations apart in age. We come from completely different backgrounds. He served time and I'm serving, you know, inside volunteering and working from, from that perspective. And I think that's what we're trying to show too in the show is we have dialogue between ourselves and have discussions and try to bring two different perspectives to what people are listening to and maybe what they're not used to as well. Okay. And that you, you answered really my, my next question. And that is what will people be hearing on the, uh, on the, the, the show, uh, the, uh, the last mile. Uh, what what absolutely will, will you have guests? Uh, uh, will you be? Well, can people call in? Uh, exactly what will be the format? Absolutely. So you will hear from a variety of guests, from people involved in politics to um, other returned citizens to uh, people in sports, to people in pop culture, such as musicians. Um, It's so many different people. But the reason being, at the end of the day, we're all interconnected. And like Chris was saying, perspective is extremely important. I'm a firm believer at the end of the day, people treat you the way they see you. And that could be lethal when you're not seen as an equal. So what we're doing is quite literally... um, equaling out the playing field when it comes to perceptional value that people place on people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So what we're going to be doing is having in-depth conversations um, from actual lived experience um, and, and really breaking down the ways how we can come together to really break down the ways how we can break the mode and begin to shift perspectives to overall alter the treatment of people. And, and I, I do have to ask because of my age and because I have to call my grandchildren to, to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> help me with my data <laughs> is there uh is there an age uh, limitation uh, uh when when you're looking at uh people on the inside absolutely not okay i think our oldest graduate is 73 oh my goodness really so, yeah you know and and i think that's that's uh part of what we're talking about this is not a generational thing anybody right. can learn these skills and so, you know, there is no, um, yeah. you know, and, and honestly, many of the folks that started the program, you know, we really launched it, had never been on the internet, you know? Yeah. So zero experience with, with any of this and learning it and being incredibly proficient when they are done. And so there's no age limit. Um, you know, we try to accept anybody who is willing to put in the effort. And state, and and finally, uh, because our show also focuses a lot on politics and public policy. For for st- and every state is different. I know that when, it, especially yep. when it comes to prison reform and that type of thing. But for policymakers, uh, elected officials, how can they help? Well, I mean, that that's a big issue. You know, we try not to focus too much on that. We do get pulled in um, from time to time because the results that, that we've been attributed to our program. You know, we were, we were involved in the First Step Act that was passed in the previous administration. Um, there's been legislation in California that we've been directly involved in that really address um, giving uh, 
youth or uh, minors uh, life sentences. So that's been an issue now that um, has been resolved. So there, there are things that we get involved in that, that really yeah. help this process better. But, um, you know, legislation is not necessarily our focus. And as you said, every state's different. Yeah, so well, what, in, I, what I was really referring to was uh, the funding, the potential for funding a legislator mm-hmm. that might want to, I like this program, can can they help in uh, as it relates to funding? That's what Absolutely. I that's what I was yeah. referring to. Sure, you know, not the public policy of of yeah. prison reform. I might have spoke misspoke, but I'm talking about if I've got a state senator listening or who's going to tune yeah. in uh, to the mm-hmm. last mile, they may want to introduce a, a bill to appropriate some money. That's right. So it's a combination of public and private funds. Okay, got you. Um, got you. About uh, over half of our support is comes from private. And I think that's really important. We want to build public-private partnerships, and we want to engage companies and organizations that will not only hire but fund. We don't want this to be solely on taxpayers. Right. We want it to be really on the business community. So, you know, we're moving more and more toward private funding. Um, if there's legislation to appropriate funds for education in general, we absolutely support that. We're trying not to be a burden to the system. We're trying to add to the system. And so bringing in external uh, resources to fund is really our priority. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me tell you, folks come out with the, with that experience, with that education. And as you mentioned, <laughs> some of these folks coming out and making six figures, uh, that's not a burden. <laughs> that That's a blessing. And, uh, and 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 I appreciate you. Uh, so finally, what time uh, will this air? The last mile. What time and what day will it air? So we're looking at twelve o'clock on Saturdays. Uh, we launch March fourth is going down. So okay. be sure to tune in the Last Mile Radio. And that's on the Triumph Channel. It's twelve p.m. Eastern. Got it. Um, on the Triumph Channel on Saturdays, and it launches this yeah. coming Saturday. And, and the Triumph yeah. Channel is uh, easy to remember, uh, 111, 111. 111, right. uh, premiere is Saturday, March 4, 12 p.m., East, as we say, East Coast time, right here on yep. Sirius XM. Gentlemen, thank you, uh, and I, we'll definitely have you back, and if there's anything we can do to help and uh, to push the word out, uh, don't don't hesitate to uh, to call us. Yes, well, sir. we appreciate that. We we absolutely appreciate it, Joe. And you know, we're looking forward to be part of SiriusXM group and family. And uh, hopefully, we can contribute something to the to the cause. I like your t shirts. I like your t shirts too. <laughs> You're gonna get one too. <laughs> right. make, oh make, yeah, we got to get you the TLM yeah. drip. Man. Yeah, make yeah, yeah make, make it an extra large. I like it. I I, I like to think All big. Right. No, no, no. I really appreciate it. God bless, man. Thank you guys for being with us. All right, take care. Absolutely. All right, Thank appreciate you. it. All right, uh, and if anybody listening would like to comment, let me take a break. Right. And 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 uh, those of you who are formerly incarcerated, uh, or you have family members, and you're hearing about this, let me tell you, th- this is the kind of thing you really want to uh, to you know, have a conversation with that relative or that friend. Whoa! I didn't know this program exists. Find out, check it out, and 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 by the way, now that is this Saturday, uh, March fourth. 
premiere, 12 noon, East Coast time, channel 111, 111. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View, channel 126, or anytime on the Sirius XM app.